Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you breaking news. An asteroid the size of Texas is hurling toward Earth, causing a world-ending cataclysmic event. The President of the United States has put the fate of mankind's survival in the hands of the best deep core drillers on the planet. It is time to assemble the disaster cast, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Tim Cut to the Line. I mean, Producer X Cut to the Line. <laughs> <laughs> please, cut, please welcome to the stage uh, our, our professionals today for the Disaster Cast to talk about this impending doom that is happening in 18 days. Uh, welcome Roger Picorni. He is an expert in keeping uh, me up to speed on the latest TikTok trends uh, that I will discover on my own in two months on Instagram. Roger, thank you for joining us. Of course. Uh, Joey Takagami, of course, uh, an expert in keeping it real. Thank you. And then uh, if we can cut over to the, the actual wise, and there we go. Joining us, special guests, James and Elise Willems. Uh, they are, of course, experts in uh, from MIT, out of MIT, who specialize in astrophysics, physics, quantum physics, and TRX training programs. Thank you Happy guys for joining here, us sir. today on the Disaster Cast. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. You know, time to be alive. A lot of people watching live right now, a lot of patrons, thank you so much for joining us. As you, as you, as you know, uh, normally we do the Kind of Funny podcast at this time, but a couple things have happened and I'd like to, uh, I'd like to, t I would talk about those before we go into this. One, everyone's gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the number one thing. Number one. That is the number one thing. Uh, so, uh, number two, that's it. Everyone's gone. <laughs> and we just said, we wanted to do a stupid disaster podcast for so long. Every time I bring it up, James and Elise are like, yes, let's freaking do it. But we can never fit it in the schedule. So I thought, how fun would it be to hijack the kind of funny podcast for a second? Uh, and then talk about one of my favorite disaster movies that uh, I think Roger's never seen before. Never right? seen this. Never uh, seen this. And of course, James and Elise, you guys have both seen Armageddon before, yes? Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. Big okay, time. perfect. So today... And Nick, yes? can I just say, is yes. it that... Is it that there's never been time for it or that <laughs> no one ever wanted wanted it. it to happen? Well, I think there's been okay, well we'll we'll, we'll pull the curtain aside and we'll talk about <laughs> the, the politics of kind of funny and funhouse, okay? Two organizations that are constantly being kept down by the man. Who is the mm -hmm. man Agreed. in this mm -hmm. situation, ladies and gentlemen? Who is the conspiracy who who is who's conspiring? to keep us down from doing all these great, really old movies that people in the chat watching live right now have never seen before. <laughs> I'm not gonna name names, because I'm not that kind of person. I ain't no snitch, right, Cool Greg? But his name rhymes with Tim Gettys. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim, and just so everyone knows how this, how this whole thing works, we're not gonna tell you who's producing this show today. Uh-uh, no. But this whole thing came about two weeks ago when it when we, they were like, hey, guys, can you just fill in for the Kind of Funny podcast? And we were all talking about we'd love to do this. I brought it to James and Lisa. said, that's great. And we said, how funny would it be if we just hijacked the Kind of Funny podcast? Titled it Kind of Funny podcast episode whatever on 270-whatever, dash the disaster cash, dash special guest James and Lisa Williams, right? We're talking about Armageddon today. But how it would be even funnier if we just did it and Tim didn't know until the podcast came out. It was out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, of course, supposed to be off today. And then, unfortunately, Kevin had to be off today. And Barrett so, was off today. And Barrett was off today. So not only did I have to not make this a surprise for Tim, I had to go to Tim <laughs> and ask him if he could help produce this today. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to reveal producer X 
is Tim Geddes. Wow. On the ones and twos. <laughs> On the Let's ones and twos today. Produce is what they're saying here. Now, Nick, I want you to know that I was ran through how to do all this, and I was specifically told, do not cut to the wide. Do not reveal James and Elise until oh, you do. So I did not mess that up, all right? No, you were, you were totally fine. You were perfectly fine. Uh, that's what we get for not rehearsing. No, this is what we get. You know, I'm just now that I'm on this side, I uh -huh. get to be the producer role that gets to like nitpick every single sure. thing and complain mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you're the problem. Mm -hmm. It's not me. I'm always you. the problem. Mm -hmm. If there's one thing I know about in this organization is I'm the problem. A. <laughs> B. The second thing is when you cut to my one right now. <laughs> I look like the a small child on his first day of kindergarten. <laughs> you told me to we, change the shot. No, this to looks this. better, but for whatever reason, the framing on this just makes me. It's because these for whatever reason are so low. They are. Mm -hmm. low. I need. A, I need a cool G. Can you do me a favor? Can you find that star from SpongeBob SquarePants so I can put it behind me and have a little bit of a lift, please? Yeah, we don't have any pillows in the we office. We do not have any pillows in the office. All right, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, today we're going to run through just the facts of this disaster. Armageddon, release date, July 1st, 1998. Directed Roger, by Michael how old Bay. were you when this movie came out? Wait, wait, what year? 1998. 98? Yes. Uh, almost, almost negative year. one years old. Negative one years old. Oh, I wasn't negative expecting that old. answer. I, I thought you were going to say you were like two. No, negative, oh negative, one, year negative one years old. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I was graduating high school. I had probably already graduated high school. In we were in slow 1st. dancing to I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, if we're trying to think about maybe the conception of Roger, oh, it oh. is possible that Don't Want to Miss a Thing was playing during that faded night. <laughs> Or morning or afternoon. I have often thought the math adds up. about you as being a spiritual successor to Steven Tyler. Thank you. I'll take that. I look at you and I just think you guys are so similar oh my God. in nature. Yeah. Uh, of course, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Cinematography by Jason Schwartzman, who I believe also shot some of uh, Michael Bay's other films. Mm -hmm. uh, and then music by Trevor Rabin, who also scored some of his other films. So you can see, you can hear the music and see like a lot of the shots in this. The moving, the constantly moving camera. Yep. Uh, those are taken from Bad Boys and you've seen some other stuff like that. So he worked with a similar team. Of course, uh, we have. We would be remiss if we haven't hadn't already mentioned the fact that uh, Aerosmith's contribution to this movie cannot be understated. Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Sweet Emotions. We have their their cover of Come Together, and then of course the original song written for this. Uh, I don't want to miss a thing, which is so funny. Joey, how do you feel about that song? I love this song. I love even more that it was written for this. Like, what a gift Steven Tyler mm -hmm. gave us in this song. Is it weird to anyone else? Because I saw yeah. a piece of trivia that said this, and it, I His was daughter? like, <laughs> <laughs> "Roger, 100%. is it weird to you yeah. that when this song plays, mm -hmm. it is a very intimate, kind of graphic yeah. sequence between Liv Tyler and Ben mm -hmm. Affleck? Liv Tyler, of course, being Steven Tyler's daughter, which blew my mind yesterday Blows when you told me that. But at this point, Steven had already used Liv in a music video. Yes." Sexualized oh, where she was daughter. she was even younger and way more sexualized than she is in this. What she was Music literally just was a that? sexual a sexual entity. Well, she was in crying, right? Oh, I was right. crying and then, when I met you. Was she I'm the second one? Well, it was just Alicia. It was her and her and Alicia Silverstone. Silverstone. And yeah, then, that was yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I wish we could see the numbers on how much Animal Cracker sales went up. Oh after my this god. Movie. It certainly it's, makes it, me want to skyrocketed. I can't wait to talk. We're going to go through this whole thing, right? Because I can't yeah. wait to talk about how not romantic everything <laughs> that is uttered in that sequence is. It's it's a it's a musical fest. There's yeah. 
So much to unpack here for folks. Of also, course. can we? Can I also point out this movie's in the Criterion Collection? It, it belongs there. It Deserved. belongs there. This movie is. Uh, uh, we get into it. It's like a nine out of ten. Like it's it's almost wow. perfect in my opinion. This <laughs> yeah. movie is almost perfect. Let's, Are we're you gonna, gonna we're get gonna into the budget and box office. Now? I'm gonna talk about the budget right now. Actually, Lisa it had a budget of 140 million, a worldwide gross of 553 million, uh, making it the highest grossing movie of 1998, beating out. Can you guess what it beat out? 1998. I have no idea. Well, I was looking for Deep Impact, the oh. other mm-hmm. asteroid mm. film that came out almost a month prior to this, uh, which grossed $349 million worldwide, despite uh, uh, being way more scientifically accurate. Okay. Can, yeah. can, can we do a little back backstory on the yeah. disaster cast as a whole? Please. So, oh, oh, yeah. Well, we have to also so, figure out what makes a disaster movie. I think we, talk, we said <laughs> yeah, we were going to do that. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> we got a lot but, of segments. So, so we got a message from Nick. But it's like seeing the bat symbol in the sky. We it doesn't matter what the request is, we go. We're it's needed. Like a SpongeBob pillow. But it basically started with some something something. I want to trick Tim. Something something. We're going to talk about disaster movies. Producer. And, and by this point, Elise and I said we're in. Right? We didn't even know what we were going to be talking about. Elise was like, we should hedge our bets. Just start watching disaster movies to make sure that we've seen no, what we everyone is settled on. For kind of funny. And so so. Before we decided we were going to watch Armageddon for this episode, uh, Elise, we watched Deep Impact and Dante's Peak. Great films. And and I, growing up, because you you either you can you got to pick one. Yeah. You're either Volcano, or Dante's, Dante's Peak, Peak. and yep. you're either Armageddon or Deep Impact. That's true. I grew up Volcano, Armageddon. Okay. That was having me too. watched all three, having watched all three within the last handful of days. I was 100% right. Yep. 100% you sure right. Were. You sure were. Now, here's the thing. I don't I don't have an, a specific opinion on Dante's Peak versus Volcano because I was such a huge fan of Pierce Brosnan back in the day because he was James okay. Bond. That Remington I just Steel? was. What's that? And he was Remington Steele. That I was just automatically a Dante's mm-hmm. Peak guy. Oh, interesting. But I'm happy to go back eventually and watch Volcano, and I will give it a fair shake because see, I remember that. That's Tommy Lee Jones, right? Yeah. See, yeah, I'm yeah. the opposite where I was automatically a volcano girl because the fugitive has such a like a death grip on my family it's like one of her Mm -hmm. all-time favorite movies and he plays the or no he's not fbi agent he's Uh, a u.s marshal that's right because then he did u.s marshals after that he did indeed yeah so i've only seen dante's peak a handful of times but i also remember it being slightly traumatizing (laughs) it's well everyone always cites the point where they're going through the lake in the dumbest way possible yeah uh and the grandma gets out but Volcano ends oh, yeah. with a with a helicopter shot as it plays I love LA. And honestly, <laughs> there's you can't you can't win against that. It doesn't matter what happens in Dante's Peak. You can't beat Perfect. that. Uh now here's the big question. And Roger, so let me we call it, we glossed over this. Yeah. But it cannot be understated that Hollywood is nothing if not redundant. They there was a series of of, of moments in the late nineties okay. and the early two thousands, actually pretty much all throughout the nineties, when when one studio would do a movie, yeah. a genre movie. Another studio would always be developing a genre movie. And okay. it was an incredible competition between these two to see who would get better, right? We had the Volcanoes, were, the Dante's Peak. We yeah. had the Tombstones to the Wyatt Herbs. What's twin that, Twin Films. They're, I think yes. I believe they were called Twin Films. Twin mm-hmm. Films. I, okay. I've not heard that, but that is that is a, an app way of putting it. So imagine this is how much of a fanboy I was of Bruce Willis okay. back in the day. 
I didn't see. I refused to see Deep Impact. Oh, I don't think I watched Deep Impact until it came out on video, like years later. Uh-huh. I was like, finally, I'll sit down and watch this. Because in my brain, my stupid child brain, I was like, Armageddon came out first. It's the best movie. Yeah. It can't be beat. Meanwhile, I'm wrong about all that. Deep Impact. Yeah. The best thing is that according to the guy who wrote Deep Impact, he had a meeting with a Disney executive who oh. just took down notes and then stole basically every single concept of his idea. It so is. he had a me- and then they went on and made, he's like, they're making this movie Deep Impact. And the guy was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. A meteor? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then that was it. <laughs> so then they just made a new one. That's incredible. I love that so much. Yeah, yeah. I have no knowledge of any of these really, movies no that you're talking about. about. <gasps> Never heard of Dante, Dante's Peak or Inferno or Volcanoes. I don't... It, it does, I know, I know, I only know about Armageddon just because I know Ben Affleck is in this one. That's the only reason I know about this movie. Now, what was your... I want to start with you, Roger. Yeah. Let's let's kick this off. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, oh, we gotta... That? We have to figure out what constitutes a disaster <laughs> movie. You're so right. I you're feel like so that's, right, that's the ground mm-hmm. level. Okay. It's tough because I think we think like natural disasters, but then there are movies about man-made disasters happening. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, we had I had a whole list, um, and oh. some of those I realized are not disaster movies so much as they are monster movies, right? Like, I'd love to rewatch yeah. Tremors with you guys. I'd love oh. to rewatch Lake Placid with everyone, but can those be constituted as a natural disaster? These are animals that are fr- of the earth, exactly of Mother Nature. Cool G brought up a Cool G brought up a great point well, of the earth. But like origin, 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 nuclear disaster caused oh, this right, thing to right. to yeah to grow underneath and then think boom boom and then Godzilla right. But these are yeah. technically monster movies. So for sorry, let me get my phone out because I got a list. <laughs> oh. I, so the, I I the Wikipedia Wikipedia has an entry for disaster film and they they also attempted to find it. I don't know if we agree. Or yeah, can you read that for us? Yeah, a disaster film or disaster movie is a film genre that has an impending or ongoing disaster as its subject and primary plot device. Such disasters may include natural disasters, accidents, military terrorist attacks, or global catastrophes such as a pandemic. Wow. So something like Titanic would fall under the accidents category. I, yeah, for mm. sure. That's definitely a disaster film. And then I also think, uh, you know, something like Angel Has Fallen. Like, oh, wow. Angel Has Fallen. Yeah. Van Torbus emptying over the Chicago <laughs> River. Exactly. That's, that's also 100% a disaster film. a disaster movie. Yeah, yeah. What about Planet of the Apes? Does that count? That's a great because it's post-apocalyptic though. And, so that, but, that be the disaster is not the central plot device. It's the politics of a world run by apes. <laughs> <laughs> but the first one though, I mean, they're all natural creatures, right? Like, is that too much of a technicality here? I think that I don't that overthink it, Roger. I think that's science fiction. If if there was some sort of thing and they're like, oh no, and they fell to the center of the earth, and then within the earth were a bunch of apes that had a society, I would say maybe perhaps. <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. But just landing on what you perceived to be a, um, a a different planet we all know because we were looking at it through hindsight right like we know mm. that planet of the apes ends with them being on earth but if you're watching it you're thinking oh he just goes to a weird planet where it, these things are different so i feel like since it's not the plot doesn't hinge on that but element. i'm thinking about the remakes though i'm thinking about the remake where they all like the, the mark Wahlberg. no <laughs> no not that one oh, oh. james franco where they uh mm-hmm. where it's like a the, pandemic essentially oh, yeah. the matt reeves one. yeah i would say those yes yes okay. maybe those as well i, I can see those as being is fitting in the disaster category. yeah okay yeah i would broad. say for sure though uh the next time tim takes a vacation 
Oh, and we do this we again, which more. Tim takes a vacation every six years. Yeah. So in six years, for sure, the movies that I think we can all agree are approved uh-huh. for the disaster cast list. And tell me if, I, if any of these sound crazy. Okay. Okay. Number one, Twister. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Natural, are you familiar with Twister, Ron? I've heard of it. Okay. It is about- I want to watch Twister okay. so bad. Bill Paxton? Guess what, guess what Twister is yeah. about? A Twister. You know okay. You know Fuck. it. Uh, number two, a movie that, after watching Armageddon- Queued up on HBO Max. I'm sorry, the Max now or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Was Am it Pearl Harbor? Because that's what queued no, up for me. <laughs> but I would not count Pearl Harbor as a da- disaster movie. That is a his- that is a disaster in a whole other oh, meaning historical, of the term. Yeah, <laughs> disaster. I just mean the movie is gar- garbage. Oh. Garbage. Yeah, but movie. I kind of love it. It does say military. Military. <laughs> that's fair. That is true. Um, I would say no. The movie I was looking for though, it was was you might also like on the Max Outbreak. I don't oh, know that yeah, that's what up for me too. Great, great, yeah, great disaster movie there. Of course, about a virus hitting the, you know, fantastic. Love watching that one. Uh, the Core, which I've also never seen. Which you've which, never seen? No. In preparation for this podcast, Elise also insisted we catch all watch, but she did not. She chose <laughs> not to like finish. The core. She tapped out. Oh, wow. the core, you know what? Oh, wow. At least the other movies, I could they could rest on the nostalgia of the '90s. I would just found the comfort in them in that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that one was early 2000s, and I was not interested. You just weren't I, doing I it. And your boy yeah, producer I mean, Tim it's... is very nostalgic about the early 2000s. Shout out to the core, baby! I had a poster. <laughs> Do in my not room. acknowledge the early 2000s. Oh, oh no! Who gave producer X the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> Inevitably, we'll cover the core. We're gonna have to. You're gonna have to finish it. But. When we do, we need to make sure we reference the late night talk show interview where Hillary Swank says she's so excited for this film because it puts the science back in science fiction. Yeah, of And then hard cut to Aaron Eckhart holding an apple on fire to explain to a bunch of <laughs> military generals how, how the earth works. I, oh, man, I will never forget my, my one and only interaction with Aaron Eckhart is he was at oh. Comic-Con for... I want to I say Frankenstein. That, the Frankenstein movie that it was. Yeah, what was yeah. it? I Frankenstein, yeah. And uh, and and I was micing him up or helping mic him up because I was producing the show that year for IGN. And I said, "Hey, man, I'll probably never get a chance to say this to you again, but I really love the core." And he goes, <laughs> "I'm so sorry." <laughs> wow. And it was just a great moment. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, okay, continuing along this list of pre-approved movies, Dante's Peak, Volcano. Of course, we've talked about these. I would throw the Poseidon Adventure on I there. I love the well. mm-hmm. these Poseidon Adventure, the original one, and I love the Kurt the Kurt Russell one. I don't know if I can stand behind that decision. Well, we'll see seven years from now when Tim takes another vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we've got <laughs> Titanic, which you've talked about. Deep Impact, San Andreas. Uh, Honestly. Yeah. Gonna be a fun watch when we get to it in twenty seven years. Uh, tw- which I I've never love, seen. Oh. I'd love to watch like twenty twelve or the day after tomorrow. Okay, the those are both tomorrow. the next two. I want to watch twenty twelve no and the day after tomorrow are great. They're so no, fun. Day, day after tomorrow is horrible. Oh I, my god, <laughs> that's it, the Jill and Hall, right? The, the, yeah, the the disaster happens within the first third of the movie, and then it's like they forgot that there had to be more. <laughs> so, think... like, the ending is them, like, running from wolves. And I'm like, how? <laughs> At one point, someone falls through a mall. <laughs> it's so bad. But I love that one. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the last two that we have to talk about, which uh, I've only seen one of these, but the one that gave this podcast its original namesake mm-hmm. geostorm oh, yes. and yeah. then moonfall of course the spiritual success oh, yeah geostorm. Dude, of we course. gotta watch both of those I've seen most of these. does backdraft uh, count 
Uh, James, oh, you are yeah. the expert with backdraft. Count. I think so. Yeah, fire is a bad guy in that. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing about the best thing about backdraft is they treat fire as though it is like a serial killer. Yeah, like, like tormenting the town. They're like, they're like, oh no, the fire's back. Well, they sort of do that in this movie as well. And at least I know you have a question. Um, oh, but yeah. they do. There was one piece of trivia that said they really made the asteroid want to feel like it was right. a monster that was trying to like kill them. So it's mm-hmm. menacing. It has like. A certain color profile to it and yeah. it has sound effects that like are growls. To yeah, it growls yeah. at people. Uh, Elise, what was your question? More like two questions, I guess. Do alien invasion movies count if they're causing lots of destruction? Mm. And um, if you're you specifically talking about Independence Day, I believe we will allow it. I'd have to go to the judge, James. How do you feel about this? <laughs> it's tough. That's a tough one because there are disasters within it, but it feels like that's leaning more into the science, fully into the science fiction. Okay. genre what about like i don't know i think that's it's, it's a crossover for sure so and something like the meg is that more like a monster movie oh. great question because i had deep blue sea on natural uh, disaster on the list as well and you like feel Clouded? like i mean those are those are naturally yeah. occurring animals yeah i'm gonna allow yeah, I, mean, I, like I feel like we have to allow them because cool greg's been trying to trying to get us to watch that crocodile in a house movie for like six years <laughs> crawl yes crawl. <laughs> and i feel I, like we have to do called, it the movie's called Crawl. In the trailer, at least, it is always swimming. <laughs> that is true. Well, I think so that that funny. might be a it might be a one-two punch where it's a animal, but also there seems to be a lot of flooding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That definitely counts. So, so I yeah. feel like on one of the two counts, it has to. Yeah, yeah. And qualify. I think it says a lot about us that we went to the Meg first before Jaws. Really, <laughs> 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 like, that's a great indication. It's a good podcast. Well, it, oddly enough, though, I wouldn't put Jaws up as a natural disaster. Movie. Oh, okay. That's that's more to me of just like a monster thriller movie because it's just one mm-hmm. shark. It's a big shark. Yeah. But I mean, nothing compares I, to the Meg. I <laughs> want to say I think like maybe a criteria that I think about a piece of criteria I think about that I think all of you do too is the level of destruction mm. yes. in the wake of whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, it's also like, it's also the touchstone for me of a good disaster movie is like after, during that destruction, what, what is the experience of surviving it like? Right. Cause that's mm-hmm. really what, what's fun about Armageddon, for instance, it's all the challenges they put in these characters way that they have to overcome those challenges. And it's like clockwork. It is challenge emotional moment overcome the challenge next emotional moment challenge you know what i mean like it is it is perfectly formatted to keep this movie moving along at such a fast clip that you don't even have time to realize the absurdity of sending people who have never been to space whose only job is to drill into the earth to an asteroid that's hurtling its way toward the planet at twenty thousand miles per hour whatever the heck it is incredible it's so incredibly incredible um i don't know should we talk about some trivia first or we just get into the plot. Let's we just get, into, get into it. You want to get, get right into the plot, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, uh, folks, uh, we do this podcast every week. By the way, I got to do the whole room roll. Joy, I slacked you. I no. did. Yeah, that's right. Is that correct? Okay, great. I want. I do want to give a <laughs> shout out to our. Uh, this is how much I prepared for this. I totally forgot. We still have shit we have to do for the kind of funny so podcast. Much. Good lord. I know. I know. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to our Patreon producer this month, Nathan Lamo. Thank you so much for that. I just wanted to double check that that was correct. Uh, of course, if you guys want to be Patreon producers, you guys could be watching the show live right now and not have this spoiled for you on Twitter, as I'm sure it's going to be the biggest reveal in the history of oh, online huge. everything. Absolutely. All the time. It's huge. Um, it's probably trending right now. What's that? It's probably trending, at uh, least in the U.S. I guarantee we're <laughs> trending. I can't. We teased this out all this morning. So people are really expecting <laughs> all this, this right now. Uh, Joey, yeah. please hit us with that plot song. Oh, that's right. I got to pull it up. I don't want to say the plot. 
I don't want to get things wrong because I miss you, bae. And I don't want to miss a thing. I just want you guys to recognize, first off, Thank wonderful you. job. I got big shoes to fill. Andy does these every week. It's real hard. <laughs> uh, he wears a size I, can I, I just want to say real quick. I was I was on for the pre-show where you were telling Joey that you were going to send her the lyrics that she would <laughs> sing to the song of that. You only changed like maybe three of the words <laughs> from the original lyrics. Like <laughs> this was Weird Al Yankovic. This was not. <laughs> James, there's a reason why we're not that popular. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to point out the fact that I used the word bay. Yeah. Which has a yeah. double entendre. That was excellent. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the plot of the 1998 classic. As always, please feel free to stop me whenever you want. If you have little tidbits of trivia, if you'd like to talk about anything, I have some trivia as well for I also this movie. Watched the il- illuminated uh director's commentary, which is weird because it's they essentially had Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer. Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck all separately record commentaries and then chopped it all up and put it into one. It's very weird. Well, on that note, actually, before we get into the plot, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask people's actual top line thoughts on this movie. And Roger, as the newcomer to this, to life and to this podcast and to this movie, I want to start with you. What did you think of Armageddon? Hmm. Where do I start? I, I liked Armageddon. I liked Armageddon. I didn't cry. I didn't like having this emotional connection to it, but I enjoyed my time. I I think that you start off immediately with that title sequence and you're like, I'm fucking in for a ride. Yeah. But I do will I will say, I was like, man, this movie's going great. We're about to go to space. Third act. Turn on the thing, an hour and a half left. I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> we're in for a fucking ride. And I don't know if I it was worth that hour and a half, but I still enjoyed my time and I'm I'm happy to talk about this. Yeah, I think this is a positive experience for sure. Okay. Joey. I love this movie. So much of it is nostalgia. I've watched, I can't even, I watch this movie probably like once a year, give or take. Um, and every single time, forget that Owen Wilson's in it. <laughs> every <laughs> time. He just comes out of nowhere. Um, I, this, it's a disaster movie, which I love. It has the best thing that I love in heist movies is we got to get the crew together. And what a crew they have for this. Did, but did they have to get the crew no. together? Yeah. <laughs> but no, but They've they did. They've been gone off this oil they rig did. for a day. They Everyone did. scatters. They- did. They had no, that, to. Yes, that was my favorite thing. I was like, "How? What? He was in the plane for eighteen hours yeah. to get to NASA, and in that yeah. time, everyone made it to Louisiana. Like, I don't understand. We had to call the FBI. Like, no other work can be done on this oil rig. Bruce yeah. Willis steps off of it, and they just shut it down. They yeah. shut yeah. it down. But yeah, this is Bruce Willis is so good in this. I feel like he really is the emotional keeping everything together. I don't know if I buy the, if I care about the Liv Tyler Ben Affleck stuff, but the relationship that Ben has with Bruce Willis I think is so good. Uh and then even Liv and Bruce Willis I think is really fun and I I don't know. I I cry every time I watch it. So on uh, Roger now gets the uh, Yeah. On the note of that, the original script, this piece of trivia, did not include the romantic subplot between A.J. Ben Affleck and Grace Liv Tyler, and instead had more emphasis on Truman. Uh, it was added after the success of Titanic in 1997 mm-hmm. with Teenage Girls. Most of the romantic scenes were written by Scott Rosenberg and were filmed later in production, oh. which is why one of them just feels like a BMW commercial. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, James and Elise, what did you think of Armageddon? Uh, this movie is is a nine out of ten for me. I mean, I think when I want a big blockbuster, this is exactly what I want because it's it's dumb, it's easy to follow, 
but it doesn't ever stop. It doesn't ever treat you like you're stupid. Um, I think there are, you know, they screenwriting, they say every scene should be a conflict, whether or not it's about nothing, something big or something small. Everything is shot like a conflict in an action movie, no matter <laughs> what it is. Like, that's what I like, even what we're talking about, where they like scatter to the winds. It's just an excuse so that way they can get these shots of Michael Clark Duncan on a motorcycle going down a country road. I think this movie is, I, there are Michael Bay movies that I like more than this. But I think this film is his magnum opus. I don't think he's ever achieved on on all levels the perfect popcorn film like he did in this film. I love it. Elise. This movie is such a time capsule of the 90s. For that, in the very least, I like it. it. We got a great music video out of it. We get nonstop this movie doesn't stop. It doesn't sleep at any point. It doesn't pause at any point. It's just <laughs> nonstop um, momentum forwarding it. Uh, I also, it is just like cathartic and you know, it's cheesy. You know, the dialogue is bad at points, but it's still so cathartic in so many ways. Um, it's one of those movies where like, I don't want to enjoy it as much as I do. <laughs> it also like, it is also from a, from a time where there were some really fun new just um like concepts coming out for movies like we have to go destroy an an asteroid and we have to send a drilling team it's like it was back in the 90s when we talked about this all the time but like some executive on coke was just like take this concept and mash it with this concept and (laughs) like (laughs) you know and it was just just so fun um i also always forget that luke or that Owen Wilson is in this. I forget that Peter Stormare is in this. Mm-hmm. Will Patton. Um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, gosh. What I'm, I'm like looking well, at the who's the, who's the, what's the pilot's a... name? Will Fitchner is that his name? Or uh... oh yeah, oh yes. Yeah, yeah. He's in, or he yeah. passed away his whole recently. Face though pinches yeah. down. Oh, did it, he pass it, away? I think yeah. to it being a time capsule too. It's also at that point where Hollywood could make something like this, but couldn't just make it all up in a computer right like mm. they couldn't just make it up out of thin air they still had to like think about how they were going to shoot the asteroid like they had the technology but not it wasn't just free reign to conceive of anything and make it happen so there's like a lot of like amazing miniature work in this yeah. too mm, like yeah. things feel tangible and, and stuff and also it's like weird because it's a it's a 90s time capsule but then also michael bay has this way of giving you this feeling of americana where there's the part, you know, there's a moment in the movie where you see like kids running down a street and it's almost like they're playing with a ball and stick and you're like, what era is this? Yes. There's literally a poster of JFK and you're like, He's doing it yeah, so intentionally because he wants to convey that mood, that feeling, and he knows that you, the moviegoer in the moment, are going to stop and think, what? this isn't 1997, yeah. um, but he just knows that how to how to push that button in this so well can i just say that in the commentary he talks about michael bay's dad told him at some point like if you what did he say if you can make money if you sell stuff to middle america Mm -hmm. so that's why he made it so patriotic yeah (laughs) it makes sense this there's a couple things that came that are happening here right and and, uh, if i'm not mistaken uh jerry bruckheimer and don simpson produced top gun Mm -hmm. that's how they got so much access to nasa because they saw what top gun did for 
So that obviously made them go, oh, if we ramp up the patriotism in this movie, Mm -hmm. we can get more access not only to NASA, but we will sell this to middle America, who is, is, you know, the more more patriotic, uh, you know, the coasts tend to be a little more critical of patriotism. Um, But I think it's so incredibly fascinating because there is not, I challenge you, Mm -hmm. I fucking challenge you to find one shot in this movie where there is not an American flag in the background (laughs) somewhere. Mm -hmm. And Roger, I tasked you with counting the American flags in this movie. I also tasked you to see how many times they reference God. Yeah. Can you tell me what the count is on both of those? So I have a tally. So the God, the God counter wasn't as much there. Here's my, you can't really see it. It's a lot. It's not, it's, it's, it's like five, six, seven, (laughs) eight, eight, eight times. They say the word God that I know. Which is a lot for a movie. It's a lot, a lot of Jesus, but like Jesus doesn't count. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But they do say that a lot. It's gotta be in God we trust. It's gotta be the, 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 the it's like, it's like they're with God. Remember when they, the others, they lose, they lose freedom or whatever. And they're, they're with God now. <laughs> Although I do, I am very partial to the line. I think it's a very clever line. As there, a lot of the one-liners in this are still very clever. Where he says, uh, "God, just help me out a little bit here." And yep. one of the characters goes, "I think we're close enough. He can hear you." That was good. Yeah. That was, that was good. So, uh, what is the, what is the God count? The God count is eight. Eight. Okay. So not that much, but the flag count, American flag. This is an issue because I was like, there this was is a, an issue. this is an issue because I was tasked with this very important uh, service to the community over here, mm-hmm. and as I was doing it, I was like, "Fuck." They wear a lot of American flag patches. Oh, yeah. oh. So how do I count this? Okay, so, sure. I, so I count. I would count it anytime it is like extremely like important yeah. in frame. Okay, that's, and yeah, it's yeah. like or the first time we see a character in a while, or the first time we see them in a suit with an American flag. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. So my count, which probably is a little under, I would say it's it. My count was twenty eight, but <laughs> I think it was closer to thirty five. Uh, that's okay. that's the range that I got. But twenty eight is my number that's right here. So many flags. The thirty five yeah. is a lot of flags, but we are talking about saving the world here, folks. And who better mm-hmm. to do that than good old U.S. of A. Two more points to trivia here. Uh, at least going back to one of your earlier points, the movie moving along. Uh, due to the fast paced and quick styling editing style, Roger Ebert called it quote the first one hundred and fifty minute trailer. <laughs> and James, going back to your point about being the, the quintessential Michael Bay film, which I would agree with, by the way. Uh, but Michael Bay himself would not agree with that. He thinks this is his worst film, mm. uh, having wow. been quoted as saying, I will apologize for Armageddon because we had to do the whole movie in 16 weeks. He told the Miami Herald in 2023. It was a massive undertaking that was not fair to the <gasps> movie. I would redo the entire third act if I could. Wow. I would disagree with him wholeheartedly. I think this is peak Michael Bay. This is not technically uh, Bayham, the Bayham era (laughs) of Michael Bay. That's, I think, uh, that's uh, that's considered late after this movie. What would you call that? Like, Mm -hmm. where would that start? I I people I don't know, but I just I saw piece pieces of trivia saying this isn't this isn't Bayham. I don't know what would start here. Yeah, no, because this is chaos. Like Bad Boys One and Bad Boys Two, we're not on this level of insanity. No. But then you get to Transformers, and then the Transformers like Last Night, Dark of the Moon, all those things where it just they make even Pearl Harbor is like, yeah, I'd say Pearl Harbor is where I feel like he was losing control, like reality, like just like reality is just gone. The thing that the thing that I like about this movie is unlike the Transformers movies that are just kind of nonsensical, right? Like we can we they can if you're entertained by them, that's one thing. If you like how they look, that's one thing. But the plots just tend to meander and not make any sense and not really be tied together in a lot of those movies, especially the later Transformers movies. Um, but this movie believes in its own realism. It's absurd, but it takes itself seriously. Mm -hmm. And from start to finish, it tells a full story that I feel like is comes to completion at the end. Uh, Elise. I also guess I never really knew that J.J. Abrams is one of the writers on this. Yeah, I was blown away by that, too. Do we have any trivia about that? Oh, I do. Okay. 
So at the very beginning, Michael Bay's talking about how an unnamed writer on this begged Michael Bay to let him rewrite the script. <laughs> so he rewrote 53 pages in two days. And when Michael Bay read it, it was pure shit. And there is a one in six <laughs> chance that he's talking about J.J. <laughs> I'll take those odds. I, um, I, I have another piece of trivia go as for well. It. So uh, when we watched Deep Impact, I was reading about Deep Impact. And so inadvertently stumbled across Armageddon trivia. And according to the director of Deep Impact, she said that Michael Bay came to the premiere of Deep Impact and mm. or like a screening or like one of the mm. earliest showings of it and reportedly went back to re-edit the end of his film because of what he saw in Deep Impact. And I don't know what that was. But she seemed to believe that he he felt threatened in because some way. Because Deep Impact is very, very dark ending. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah spoilers yeah. for 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 Roger. Sorry. Uh -oh. Deep Impact has a lot more of a realistic take on what would happen. Interesting. In, Interesting. It actually makes contact considerably mm -hmm. less fun. Uh, a lot of <laughs> yeah. leading to the line, of course, that you've heard Greg no say air. a lot of times from Morgan Freeman and the waters receipt oh that's where that's from that is okay from <laughs> okay that makes a lot of sense um a deep impact by all accounts actually by all measures i would say <coughs> a better film it is more scientifically accurate it ha it takes itself way more seriously it, it is more in the scientific what would happen if this thing were happening but does it involve a sequence where a fuck two, not one roger Two spaceships have to slingshot around the moon so they can catch <laughs> up with an asteroid. Let's start yeah. going through Ten the plot. We gotta start talking here. about this because I got a lot to say about this stuff. All right, well, let's talk about it right now. Let's get back into the plot. Joey, you've already sang the song. If you'd like okay. to sing it again, I'm good. Okay. I, I, I close <laughs> Slack. I have my other thing open now. I totally understand it. We're gonna kick it off at the very beginning, of course, ladies and gentlemen. I'm doing a, a, I should say, I'm not doing my full plot synopsis for this. I didn't take notes for this. I'm actually just borrowing from uh, from the Wikipedia on this, just we have it, but I wanna go through it a little bit faster so we have time to talk about the absurdity of H in every moment. We kick it off with a massive meteor shower destroying the orbiting spaceship Atlantis uh, before entering. And by the way, can we just start right here? <laughs> You're in, we're at a disaster movie and you see an astronaut floating out in space. It's over. It's, it's fucking yeah. over. Yeah. Uh, I mean, call his family, call his next of kin. Yeah. That guy Except ain't gonna make it. Except in the core. The core also begins with astronauts in space, and then Hillary Swank lands the, the, thing, the, the shuttle. And then, she, <laughs> and then she gets berated for it. Yeah. By, yeah. by her, by her uh, not insubordinates, by her uh, bosses or superior officers. They're like, how dare you land this billion dollar spacecraft in the in the la ravine and she's like what that's a one in a million shot get the fuck out of here i'd ask for a raise i digress uh the meteor uh strikes new york bombarded new york we get a little uh we get, we get a little cameo from eddie griffin who oh, was yeah. very popular in the 90s yeah i thought he was gonna be in the whole movie no i'm no. glad he's not <laughs> yeah. what was the name of his dog oh i forget it's, it's Henry, like I think, elvis or, or something or something yeah can i tell you like this dog Oh. Cost $20,000, according to Michael Bay, that was specifically trained to tear up these Godzilla do toys. And he was so aggressive towards them that they had to, like, sh keep him in this, or, like, put something around him so he didn't see the Godzilla toys because he would go crazy. Uh -huh. But that's, like, $20,000 in 1998 money. That's a, lot of that's money. a hundred grand. Mm -hmm. That's an insane amount of money for a dog to rip up toys. I don't know how much inflation that, works, it, but that that's wasn't a pivotal to the movie. By no, no, and the scene we absolutely did not leave. The dog's name was Little Richard. <laughs> um, we got Eddie Griffin in there, and again, I think because Eddie had a little bit of star power back then, yeah. so it was kind of fun mm -hmm. to put him in there. But a noted, important note, and you probably have this piece of trivia, one of Michael Bay's core tenants is never kill a dog. 
That's why Little Richard mm-hmm. didn't die. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he's hanging there by an abnormally, ab- Dang, just a ridiculously long Michael leash. Bay? No, no, <laughs> that's too far. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, we very quickly cut over to. Uh, uh, and you want to talk about a sign of the times? Man, this couple, this guy that discovers this asteroid. And the way he talks to his oh wife my oh God, my God. Yeah, yeah. is so oh unbelievably inappropriate <laughs> to the He's point like, where I'm like, if I were this guy's friend, I'd be like, yeah, I'd pull him aside and be like, yo, you got to stop referring to yeah, your wife yeah. as this. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's also great because, and again, a sign of the times, because it's not like we see her do anything other than like Washing check dishes? in on him or yeah. whatever. And yeah. then he's like, he's like, you can name it whatever you want to, sir. <laughs> name it. What is he say? Name it Dottie. Yeah. Name yeah. it Dottie. After my bitch of a wife. <laughs> 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 like, Billy Bob Thornton, lovely, right? Yeah. What are you doing? So uh, we do get introduced to the team here. We get introduced to NASA, including Truman, who is played by Billy Bob Thornton. And I remember watching this movie for the first time, and even as an 18-year-old, being like, why would Billy Bob Thornton do this movie yeah. at all? I mm. don't understand that, but it makes... But he's In what me, way? Like he was a big star back then? Or? Yeah, I mean, he was okay. doing really good movies, and gotcha. he was kind of seen as an actor. Like a, real like a more serious actor? <laughs> he wasn't on the level of, like, Owen Wilson mm-hmm. or... Owen even, Wilson was so baby in this, too. He had just almost, I think, only done, like, Bottle Rocket, right? Uh, no, I think he had done... I want to say he had done a few other movies in this, but I could be wrong. Because it's 98. That he had done that yeah, maybe. We could look it up. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But either way, going along the plot... We get that we get the clicking the ticking clock right off the rip. That's why I love this. You get you get no time to breathe doom. in this. There's no is the storm coming? There's no what's going on. There's no dead pigeons hitting a car. There's none of the day after tomorrow stuff no. that we're gonna no, get to watch. Doom is at our doorsteps. Mm-hmm. Eighteen days, give or take a day. A physical counter. A physical, physical counter. clock immediately appears as soon as they say the number. It's incredible <laughs> stuff. We have eighteen days until this thing the size of Texas. Uh, hits Earth, causing a world, we call it a world-ending event. This is a world-end. It's a world-killer, I think is the term they use, which is just badass. And we start putting plans together, the only one of which, of course, is Malfoy's dad, who comes to the table and says, we have to drill a hole in this thing because it's actually an asteroid that has a fault line. It's like two asteroids pushed together. If we drill a hole on a specific fault line, we can blow it apart and push it away from the Earth, which actually might be the only scientifically valid thing (laughs) That's happened to hear people say that if, that some asteroids do actually have a fault line, and you could actually hmm. theoretically do this. Okay. Although another piece of trivia that's interesting is right off the bat, Keith David's in this, and shout mm-hmm. the fuck out to Keith David. So he's young in this, and everything he does, he plays the, the the head of the army, and he's basically like, "Why don't we just shoot a bunch of nukes at this?" And they're like, "That'll yeah. never work." Spoilers: It probably would. <laughs> it wouldn't blow it apart. But that I saw, I read another piece of trivia that said it would actually dri- it would drive it off course. It would be the impact yeah. would be so great that it would actually change the trajectory if you got to it soon enough. So, but then, sorry, is that would that be deep enough into the like atmosphere into space that we wouldn't suffer any fallout from that mm-hmm. coming down to Earth? I'm not a scientist, but I'll go ahead and say no. I think wow. we'll be fine. I think it would be no more worse for us than well, drinking three to four Diet Cokes every day. Because there's no atmosphere, which means there's no gravity, which to means there's it. no resistance. So all you, like, that's why, like, you can basically hit, like, light speed by just, like, releasing a canister of, like, gas. You're just, like, floating in space, and you're like, and you yeah. just keep going forever because there's no friction. And suddenly you're This is past. also, the, 
the movie immediately introduces one of my favorite Michael Bay themes, which is a love and respect for the military and an utter disdain for, for government bureaucracy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because like even like the scientists that like are like, oh, what about this? He doesn't. He hates those guys, those nerds, and, yeah. and even even like government officials who aren't like uh, boots on the ground or whatever. But then when Jason Isaacs or whatever shows up, he's like, he's like this guy's. He means business. We respect geniuses here. <laughs> like that's in all of his movies. I do love the line that that uh, Malfoy's dad had, Lucius has, where he's like, "Well, no disrespect, sir, but I went to school with the president, science advisor, and you don't want to take advice from someone who got a C in astrophysics." Mm-hmm. I was oh. like, "That's kind of a great. That's kind yeah, of a great. Pretty solid." Uh, of course, there's only one team on the entire planet that can help them to drill this. Cut over to. Ben Affleck's new teeth. Oh, the oh, baby yes. teeth. There is a Veneers. long diatribe in this commentary about how Michael Bay paid another 20K. Michael Bay throwing around 20K, 20K like, like nothing. nothing. Um, and just was like, had this fixation with Ben Affleck's baby teeth. Sat him down in a dentist chair for a week straight to get him some new teeth. Whoa. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget Wait, looking what? at Ben Affleck the entire movie being like, what is yeah. different like, about I don't know. It must have been veneers or something. He has massive veneers oh, on yeah. his front teeth. Oh, my God. Yeah, but Michael Bay did not like shooting him because he had smaller teeth. He's like, this guy's got baby teeth. It was something about the angle teeth. that Michael Bay likes to shoot at that made yeah. them look small. Uh, and he, he had done up. this very thing on another movie. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Uh, I had it on in trivia. I'll, yeah. I'll look it up if I can. Uh, so he was like, oh, well, we just did this for another movie so we can just throw some new teeth. On ben like Affleck permanent teeth, yeah, yeah. Crap. Did Ben Affleck need this role? Which that he still badly? has. He still wears veneers. He still yeah. has them. Roger. Oh, he like, still has them. You can't get rid of them. You're not getting your old yeah. teeth. That's you insane. Um, ben Affleck at the time, Roger was not a big star. Yeah. So Did he have, do Good Will Hunting before this? Uh, good question. Yeah, but right. remember, he was it a side been, character. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he they coincided. With each other, because oh. Good Will Hunting was like nine, wasn't it ninety eight too? Yeah, I think okay. they may have won the Academy Award yeah. this year. It's uh, they won the Academy Award here somewhere, but he wasn't. He really wasn't put on the map as yeah. Ben the Ben Affleck that we know ninety seven until he did this, the one two punch of this, and then Pearl Harbor. Yeah, that made him like heartthrob Ben Affleck. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> chat. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, correct me if I'm wrong. Put it ninety seven so in he- the comments below. Um, but yeah, the baby teeth thing is freaking ridiculous. Of course, we get introduced to. The lead of this movie, a man that honestly, this movie is near and dear to my heart. I love it. I suggested it for 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 this first disaster cast because I legitimately just get a kick out of this movie every time I watch it. It It's unapologetically patriotic. It is action packed to a point where you don't even have time to think about how bad the science is. If there is any science, is there fire in space? Spoilers: No, there is no fire in space. (laughs) But how many explosions do you see on this thing? It's incredible. Um, I know there's no fire in space, but it's a movie, and most people don't know that. Is a direct quote from the thing. Is a direct quote. (laughs) Um, right. But I think this movie would not be nearly as good and entertaining as it is if it wasn't peak Bruce Willis. Mm, and this yeah. is Bruce Willis before the aphasia set in. This is Bruce Willis when he was still he was his star was was waning a little bit, but he still had a lot of star power and he was still the Bruce Willis that we all know and love from Die Hard. And I think he's such a good counterbalance to Billy Bob Thornton's energy, to Ben Affleck's energy, and then of course I think his dynamic with Liv Tyler is perfect. Yeah. I think they have great chemistry together. Would Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck have about as much chemistry um, as I took in college? 
<laughs> and I was a film major, so you can imagine so, that. Though this woman walks nowhere in this film, he's constantly carrying her <laughs> everywhere. Oh. Um, I want to the top piece of trivia on IMDb. I just wanted to point out, as far as the science is concerned, NASA apparently shows this during their management training program. New managers are given the task of trying to spot as many errors as possible. That's to date, great. At least 168 scientific er- data or errors have been found. That's wow. so funny. It makes a lot of sense. But again, you don't give a shit. What's the science in Star Trek? Who cares? It's a fun time. Uh, of course, they go over and we meet Harry Stamper, a third-generation oil driller uh, who owns his own oil company. It's probably mega rich because he's got $8 million here. And we have – this movie has one yeah. flaw in it. It's that what Ben is- Affleck is just like, Harry, I got a feeling about this. You got to trust me. No science. No lesson learned. No. He already fucked up. He fucks up constantly, so why would anyone trust this guy? But then at the end, of course, spoilers, we got to trust him. And we see that again. Uh, he goes, uh, they blew they blew rig eight or whatever it is. Oh, who did? Who was on shift that night? I'll give you one guess. And it was AJ. And AJ oh, is baby man. Ben Affleck. And baby Ben Affleck and baby Liv Tyler, who I think was like 20 years old when she did this movie, mm-hmm. they are in love. And it does not go well. We meet the rest of the cast, of course, too. We meet um, Michael Clark Duncan. We meet uh, Steve Buscemi, who. Great. <sighs> This character. Yeah, this is... You want to talk about another character you're not going to probably put in a movie Ooh, ever again. I felt Steve so Buscemi bad character. for Steve Buscemi throughout this entire film. Of just like, this is such an unlikable character. Yeah. And I, it just every word he came that came out of his mouth, I was like, oh, fuck. Why they have to put this line in pure Steve, <laughs> Steve Buscemi? He's now. rock yeah. hound. Yeah. They call him a hound because he's horny. Which also, like, the, the names of some of these guys, like rock hound, Oscar Choice, Bear, Bear Curleen... Fred Freddie Noonan. I'm pretty sure Fred Noonan is the name of Amelia Earhart's navigator. So, oh my can we talk That's about cool, Noonan actually. for a second? Which one was that? Which one is he? exactly? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he exactly. Just randomly shows up on the asteroid and then gets killed. This is the this is the first time I've ever actually tracked this while walk, watching the movie. They there's a character Noonan. He has a beard and short dark hair. He doesn't, he has two lines, I think, in the entire film. Okay. He's only there so that way uh, Bruce Willis can make a joke when they are when they give their demands later on, and he has his weird sheets of paper. Yeah. There's one thing where he's referenced there. There's another point where he is referenced uh, when Steve Buscemi gets arrested by the FBI or whatever, when he's out hanging out with his before they go up into space right like he he but everything else all those other things where they're like go pick up everybody they all have their moments right yeah. like their stories and arcs he has nothing and then he's he's killed off camera like oh. when, <laughs> when oscar dies di- right when oscar dies in the shuttle they go oscar oh no noonan is also dead <laughs> not acknowledged <laughs> the whole time i and i thought his name was manon or something i didn't even know what it was as we were watching i was like who is that guy? Like, I just kept asking, like, who is that like, guy? Like, somebody had green screened him in 25 years later. Yeah. He's, like, always, like, half-cropped out of the shot, and he's just Incredible. never participating. Even the interrogation scene, where, you know, when they're giving yeah. them the NASA yeah. test, he's not in there. They don't do anything with him. It's just wild. Fred Noonan, wherever you are, I saw you this time. I want you to know that I saw you. <laughs> it's one of those things, I think, now. honestly, because they obviously, like, this movie was edited so much yeah. that they were like, who do we have that's really, like, just keeping it along? And they needed more humor in it. So I feel like they lean more on Owen Wilson, yeah. who, yeah. by the way, is not on the oil rig. We never see him once. No. We don't see him until he's yeah. randomly recruited riding a horse. That makes sense. Uh, in, in, with the sun behind him. Uh, and he has my favorite lines in this whole movie, which we, we, can, we can touch on as we get to them. Uh, my favorite of which is, what is it going to be like up there? And he's like, 
200 degrees Celsius in the, in the sun, negative 200 degrees in the shade. Uh, it was going to be projectiles and explosions randomly all over the place. And he goes, oh, wait, scariest environment imaginable. <laughs> That's all you had to say. It was great. Scariest environment imaginable. Uh, love him on that one. You know who else I love, ladies and gentlemen? Our sponsors. We're going to take a second to talk about them right now. This episode is brought to you by Amazon and Summer Game Fest. We are in an absolutely stacked year of video game releases, and you can find all of them on Amazon.com slash Summer Game Fest. I hope that you found a spare few hundred hours to play all the amazing games that have come out this year already. Gamers have been eating good this year, but this is the only place you want to be amazon.com slash summer game fest because guess what this summer there's gonna be even more exciting announcements coming through of so many more video games that are about to be on all of your favorite consoles like final fantasy 16 armored core 6 diablo 4 street fighter 6 mortal kombat 1 exo primal assassin's creed mirage <gasps> the list goes on and on you can go to amazon.com slash summer game fest all summer long to discover the top new and upcoming games as soon as they go up for pre-order or you can go check out the website now for everything you might have missed so far this year again that's amazon.com slash summer game fest for all of your video game needs today's episode is sponsored by paypal honey the easy way to save when shopping on your iphone or computer but did you know it only takes a few seconds to get it that means if you go to add it on your laptop or iphone right now you could be done before the ad read is even over you know how good it feels to check something off of your to-do list so hey Let's get to check-in. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. So imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite websites out there, and when you check out, the Honey button appears, and all that you have to do is click Apply Coupon. Kind of funny, he's been using Honey for years. It's literally saved us thousands of dollars on tech, food, costumes, ton of stuff. Uh, Honey doesn't just work on desktop. It works on your iPhone, too. You just activate it on Safari, on your phone, and you get to save on the go getting honey seriously only takes a few seconds and by getting it you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show get paypal honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny that's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny we all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use or do we do you know how much your subscriptions really cost most americans think they spend around 80 dollars a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to 200 that's right you could be wasting hundreds of dollars each and every month on subscriptions you might not even know about rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and it helps lower your bills all in one place rocket money has saved some of us here at kind of funny a ton of money and it can help you too rocket money also helps you manage all your finance in one place and it automatically can help categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time stop throwing your money away cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny that's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny one more time rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny rocket money kind of funny <laughs> and we're back uh so we put the team together, of course. Uh, We're not going to talk about Bruce Willis chasing. Yeah, shooting a shotgun <laughs> in an oil rig. <laughs> this, is, this is why this movie is so great. Because oh. they had the whole opening is like, boom, intensity, clock, figure out a thing. It's just chaos, right? And then they're like, all right, let's step away for a second. Let's reestablish. Let's catch a breath. We'll just go to the oil rig and introduce you to our heroes. And then 
you get that for maybe 30 seconds before our hero has a shotgun is chasing someone else around the oil rig with a shotgun. Like it's an action sequence. It just goes directly back into another action sequence. It's, I think it's masterful, personally. <laughs> I mean, it, it it is. It it is. Say what you will, but 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 Bay is the master of making Michael Bay movies, and which is a style and a vibe and a genre all to its own. And when it works, it is hypnotic. Yeah. And this is one of those. I also want to point out. There's a lot of movies that you know, obviously this movie was made over 20 years ago. Um, is that math from Checkout? Yeah. Yes. Uh, 25 years ago. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in here that would probably you wouldn't have your your protagonist doing, not the least of which is the very first time we see Harry Stamper. What is he doing? Other than the shotgun? No, before the shotgun. When what? Chick comes over to tell him that one of the one of the drills. Oh yeah, oh, he's, he's golfing. Yeah, and he's, he's hitting the hitting golf balls in Greenpeace. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah, not yeah. only did we love the military back then. Yep. Hate bureaucracy. Yeah. Uh, kind of make fun of science a little bit. We eschew science. For the everyman, mm -hmm. right? But we also loved oil and fuck you, environment. <laughs> but but fuck here's you, the thing. That's the thing about this movie, though, is because it's it's stupid. But then you there's a line. There's always a line thrown in to justify. And even in that sequence, he has a throwaway line, which he think he says to his buddy or whatever, his pal, and he goes, "Don't they realize what's powering their boat?" Yeah. yeah. So the boat that they're protesting with is running on the same oil, and it's the hypocrisy. So like, even in Michael Bay's twisted brain, he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's not like fuck Greenpeace. He's like fuck those hypocrites. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. like, they're still using it too. It's not a solar boat. They're not on sales or whatever. So it's it's and it's so it's so great. Just works <laughs> together. It does indeed. Uh, of course, they come and get Stamper, and they bring him over. Uh, to the government where he meets Truman and where he's he's uh, sort of told the situation and he is taken aback. And he has that great line where he's like, don't you guys have like plans for this? You're, you're NASA, for Christ's sake. You're supposed to have plans for all this sort of thing. Um, and he, of course, agrees to get the team together. And of course, if we're going to do this, we got to have a team. Yep. Yeah. And when I watched this the last time, I was like, yeah, of course I have to have a team. We'll just call the oil rig while they're all there. Send a chopper out there and get them. No. <laughs> In 18 hours. They all just took off. Now, I can explain this in my head canon Please as do. that they all have criminal records. So the second they saw the government come there, they just scattered. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then why would you go back to your hometown? Yeah. But I do love, I, I think it's all worth it for the seat of Michael Clark Duncan riding so a Harley Davidson so down the road screaming, come and get Papa Bear. <laughs> as, as they're just trying to pull him up. They're just like asking him to stop. Yeah. He's like yeah. going through all the barricades. It's such a dumb scene, but it totally works. Um, it's, so just, it's just wild that they're just like, hey, guys, we can't do the same NASA thing that we did with uh, Bruce Willis's character. We got to send the FBI after all of these guys around the globe. It's like, call just call just call them up. Just call them up. We have that's not, what, that's not how it works with Roughnecks. Phones, you know? that's not how there's it works no hope. There's no land lines anywhere? Well, he says, he says, once these guys get off the rig, they scatter. They're ghosts. Oh. They don't want to be found, which okay. was weird because you're like, how do you get the next job? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe uh, it's FBI. like the military where you're like on leave for a certain amount of time. I mean, it's a job, right? So yeah. when you're not done, when you don't have, have the next one coming up, you just you come to it, I assume, presume. Can, can we talk about, because like with the fallout from the shotgun is that Bruce Willis does not kill AJ mm. Ben Affleck, but he does fire him. He does yes. say yes. like, you know, he does say et cetera, et cetera, but he's still fired because he was irresponsible. He followed his gut, but he didn't consider the safety of his his crewmates or whatever when he did the thing. Ultimately, he does decide that he needs AJ to run the second drill because he knows he's the best, as we will get into his relationship with AJ deeper as the movie goes on. 
when they go to speak to AJ about doing this, AJ has already started his own business of which he is the president of and has drills set up somewhere. Yep. And, and I'm, 18 hours have passed as far as I'm aware. It's, 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 he's a And you start to see what kind of an asset AJ really was to this team, right? The man could form an entire corporation in one day. It's, I guess, like six months to follow. Do you think, that it was like, that he really had this all set up? Or do you think it was like a Michael Scott paper company kind of situation? Uh, but even if it was, it's like, how, how did he get something like this off the ground? Like in 18 if, hours. In, in no time at all. There's It's like, this is the kind of thing where it's like, let's check in after a month. It's like, they just spoke yesterday. I mean, the, the scene before this, which is often referenced because the Ben Affleck commentary is yeah. notorious yes. for him talking about how dumb the concept is. A hundred percent. And so watching it, I was preparing for it. But even similar to the Greenpeace thing, this movie does have a pretty justifiable explanation, which is that they have eight astronauts ready to go up. The expectation yeah. is that Bruce Willis will just go with them and show them what to do. Right. And then he sees the work that they've already done and is unsatisfied with it. Right. Only and then best. ultimately decides that the that they do need some experience there. So it's like the movie knows it's stupid. So it comes up with some sort of in-world explanation for why we should go along with the, the idiocy. Mm-hmm. And that to me is perfectly acceptable. Yeah, Especially, it's a, you have 18 days, it's the end of the world, like, people, we don't have time to argue about right. this, we're taking the path of least resistance, and if sending these oil drillers is going to get Bruce Willis up there, that's mm-hmm. what they're going to say yes to. Well, the, the criticism from Affleck, the quote is like, he says, wouldn't it be easier to, to, train. Teach, to train astronauts how to yeah. drill as opposed to deep core drillers? But they explain it. Astronauts, but they explain it. Yeah, he's like, he's I've like, been doing, I've this, been for doing this for generations yeah. and I still don't know everything about this. And like, you don't know what you're going to encounter up there. You need people who have seen more than this, which yeah. in my brain, even now, I'm like, mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. if you don't have to train people to like withstand like the, the the pressures of being up in the space station for years and they don't have to really do any of the technical shit all you gotta do is strap in and get out and drill like maybe that makes sense i don't know mm-hmm. it sure makes for an interesting dynamic when the team gets together of course he explains it to everyone and uh, everyone's super excited because they're like we don't know what's happening and then it's a gut punch to everyone and bruce willis has one of my favorite lines in this movie where he goes the united states government just asked you to save the world does anybody want to say no get the fuck on board the rest of the world come on are you kidding me where are the Uh, flags of course at this point shanghai has already been destroyed so now the entire world knows what's going on we get introduced to the team and this is one of 900 sequences where the entire team walks slowly at the camera as an american flag plays behind them oh my god Uh, we also look up the cast because i was gonna i i don't know any of their names me neither and, and there's just one guy named Max. Max is Max Lenhardt is the character's name. He's the, the the guy from Down Periscope. Yeah, he's getting the mom tattoo. Oh, oh okay. okay. Uh, yes. We've got him. We got Bear. We have here's here are the drillers as they are. Bear, rough Freddy, come the on. Roughnecks, right? come on, they're the roughnecks. Uh, Max, AJ, uh, who is uh, uh, Ben Affleck's character. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. We also have Freddie Noonan. Which is and the that, guy and, that doesn't exist except for the and Rockhound and Chick. I miss those. Chick is Oscar uh, Choi is Owen Wilson. Uh, right, and Oscar. Man, so many of them. So many wonderful, um, wonderful characters. Chick, Chick Chapel is his best friend. That's well, oh, Bruce yeah. Willis's best friend. Well, yeah, which uh, I I love his story with oh like his son. Yeah. Who was that? The salesman, honey. Go back inside. <laughs> but I mean, shout out to is Judith Hogue. Is that her name? Yeah, I was gonna ask. Who, April O'Neil. 
There it is. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I, I was like, I recognize this face. I don't know who it is. Yeah, okay. she was also on Nashville for quite a few seasons. Connie, Connie Brighton's uh, sister, so she popped back up there as well. Uh, but yeah, everyone's got their own backstories, right? And this yeah. is the fun part about this. We start the fun and game section of this movie where everyone starts training, and to their credit. Some of these sequences are stunning, including the sequence where they're in the world's biggest freaking uh, building. That's mm -hmm. actually a real NASA building where they like mm -hmm. where they do stuff in there. They suck all the oxygen out of it and they let they have to run the like air conditioning hour. in it. Otherwise, it forms clouds inside. Yeah, it's so big. It has oh. its own atmosphere. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, that tank they swim in is not just a normal pool. That's actually a NASA tank yeah. that mm -hmm. they let them shoot in for like 20 minutes. They were like getting I, it out. Yeah. Two I feel like I should jump. I should jump in now because when I went to space camp as a child. <gasps> oh my gosh, I, I went to space camp too. So cool. I, I, I did do some so of bad. the zero G assembling of a satellite mm -hmm. inside of a inside of the pool. I remember the day we went to the pool to go assemble things down in the bottom of the pool. So oh, I didn't get a scientific pool accuracy day. for sure. I would not Which have space camp did you go to? I went to the one here. No, I went to the oh, one in okay. California, the okay. Mountain View one. Um. Some notable moments in this sequence, of course. Uh, we no get point. introduced to Will Fitchner. We get introduced to uh, the other ca the captains of the ships and the, the co-pilots and all that stuff. And these people are just like, just exactly what you would think of yeah. for a Michael Bay pilot mm -hmm. of a spaceship. Uh, they're all great. Uh, they have to train. We get a we get, this training yeah. sequence is so fast and so cut that it. There's one point where they're standing out with the the warthog thing that they had to they had the to build. armadillo. The armadillo. And they're standing outside of it, and that scene, the whole purpose of that scene is just to have Bruce Willis say one cool line while the gas from the armadillo was, like, had fire coming out of it. Mm -hmm. And he goes off camera. Thanks, bud. He goes, okay, now it's time to do the diving tank thing. And then, <laughs> So that scene's whole point was just mm -hmm. to introduce another scene in the montage yeah. of them mm -hmm. training, yeah. during which AJ screws up yet again because he has a gut feeling, hey, mm -hmm. that, I don't care what that computer says, the machine that you built – can do this thing and it's like okay well that's number two so we know at the end of the day he's gonna have to save the day with this yeah. why we don't know I as i recall they built the armadillo and people thought that it was a nasa car thing whatever an actual vehicle. Yeah. yeah but it wasn't it was literally just built for this movie uh that which i thought was funny sense. um along the way of course aj proposes to grace uh harry see here's this we get a little, we get more of that backstory of him not having a hard time accepting that his daughter is growing up, yeah. uh, and that he doesn't. Of course, the backstory there is that he doesn't want her to be like him. Their mother left them. He raised her all the time as a roughneck. She taking her from oil rig to oil rig, uh, but she doesn't see that as a negative. She sees it as a positive. James, what's that? I, I I just I know we can't be here all day, but we have to spend a little bit of time talking about that proposal. First off, <laughs> the two of them sitting sitting in like the exhaust of a of a jet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're like sitting in the exhaust of an of jet, and they're maybe having sex, but in a way that doesn't make sense physically. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like he, she's facing one way, he's sitting behind her, and he's just kissing her shoulder. Yeah. In like it, everything they do is repulsive. <laughs> yeah. And Bruce Willis just kind of watches. He's like, okay. It's, it's and then and then he just shows him just put it on her finger. Like it's just there's nothing like about it. It's just yeah. It's wild. Like a... It is. It is again <sighs> definitely a sequence that I feel like, and I don't. I actually don't think it's uh, Ben Affleck or Liv Tyler's fault. I just think the those two actors specifically didn't have a ton of chemistry, yeah. And they really these these scenes do feel shoehorned in because they were 
They shot them mm -hmm. later, right? All this stuff was added later, and I don't think it necessarily, it just kind of sticks out a little bit. Uh, we're going to get to, of course, the next, we might as well just talk about the next scene now. Uh, everyone goes away for the night uh, yeah. because they're about to launch the next day. Uh, Steve Buscemi borrows $100,000 from a loan shark. Great. Mm -hmm. A great line where he's like, he's like, you're not going to die on me, are you? And he's like, no more than you. <laughs> uh, they all go to a strip club, of course, uh, where he meets uh, the stripper that will come back later. Insane and strip club, by the way. That's like a cathedral. Well, I'm going to stop you right there. Oh. A hallmark of Michael Bay movies, because you see this shot in so many movies, mm -hmm. is the bonkers warehouse, overly mm -hmm. designed, underly production designed, <laughs> crazy strobe light lit club where there are women who are wearing absolutely nothing dancing on pedestals. Mm -hmm. I swear to God, this is the, I th they might as well have shot this during the scene in Bad Boys where they went into the exact same club. <laughs> it is have. just Michael. This He just loves that low angle, slow-mo shot yeah. of just... Victoria's Secret models doing what they're doing. You know, he he comes, he comes from a commercial background. Yeah, so a lot of the stuff was like music back, music videos and commercials and stuff like that. Mostly E3 booth babes. Yeah. <laughs> that's where he, he got was, his start. That's where he started. That's exactly where he started. Uh, but all of these are fun. Of course, uh, AJ takes this moment to have a tender moment with Grace where they drive out in their brand new BMW. Now, let me tell you guys, mm -hmm. let me tell you a little word from our sponsors, BMW. This whole movie is about Yeah, right, America. you wish. It's made in America. <laughs> It's man, I know exactly. We'd be so lucky, but this movie is all about America, guys. American oil, American might, American military, and what says America more than a, than a young American couple driving a BMW? <laughs> and man, this whole this USA. whole thing looks—I mean, it looks like a commercial for BMW yeah. and for Animal Crackers, oh, and yeah. it's so weird. And I hate the scene every time it comes up. It's and to so live weird. to live Tyler's credit, she does the best she possibly could with this incredibly awkwardly blocked sequence mm -hmm. where she just has to be naked the entire time for absolutely no reason. They could have been driving in the car. They could have been sitting on the beach. They could have had any, they didn't have to be sex no. in this. But they they to ben Affleck gets to dance animal crackers all over her body. He, well, he's like, he's like, is he gonna move up to the mountain peaks <laughs> or down into the swampy Serengeti? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, is this romantic? Man. It's completely <laughs> terrible. But uh, we do get a touching sequence with them uh, where they shot, I, in, in what I think is one of the coolest sections of this whole movie, they shot in the actual burned out husk of one of the, I think it was one of the Apollos. Oh. Um, and normally they yes. weren't allowed to shoot there, but they gave them the opportunity to do that. And this this sequence is like, I love how this is shot. And to to the cinematographer's credit, like they're tiny in this. This the visual storytelling here to me is incredible because they have this hulking, big, massive undertaking that they're doing, and that scene with this shell behind them, that yeah. this burned out thing behind them, as they're having this incredibly touching moment about like Bruce Willis saying like I don't want to like you turn out like me and she's like everything i have that's good i got from you yeah like your, your mom, our mom left both of us and like you gotta promise me you're gonna come home and fuck every time he promises i'm like don't do well then doesn't michael bay he does the close-up on the plaque here yes which i think is i think it was apollo right oh, i yeah. could be wrong i don't want to get that is wrong it, but is the apollo 11 yeah no Sounds right. We could look that up a little bit later. Chat, let us know if you're watching live. Roger can see you. I can't. My old man eyes will not allow me to see you. Small <laughs> uh, but he will monitor that. Of course, it is time to take off. Everyone has been has come back from jail. Uh, and we get... <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> they just come back from jail. It just is what it is. Uh, and we get a sequence that I do, I think is horrible. But I, I got to be honest with you guys. It's one of my favorite things that happens in this whole movie. They could have just had them say goodbye. But no. 
they decided that Ben Affleck is a man of many talents, James. <laughs> and one of his talents, sure, uh, most assuredly, is not singing no. Leaving on a Jet Plane. Absolutely not. I but thought this I was adorable. Loved it. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was Acapella. great. I love it. I thought and it was everybody great. else joining in is so funny. In the commentary, they talk about how like this is either gonna hit or this is gonna tank your entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I feel like that was the first time where I really felt them as a team together. Like I don't know. Like I everything else before that, I was like, yeah, whatever. But like once they were all singing, being goofy together, I was like, yeah, this is like a nice vulnerable moment together as a team. I liked it a lot. And I, I think Another thing that this movie has, just broadly, that I feel like is somewhat lost these days is silhouettes, mm. right? Mm. Like, oh, the yeah. way they cast it is uh, is just based off how they would all look. As cartoons? As cartoons, but <laughs> against, a, basically against a backlit sunset, you yeah. know, like, so, so like... There's there's just different heights, there's different builds, there's just different shapes and everything. And I feel like that some of that is lost. Like we don't necessarily think about characters as silhouettes. And yeah, it does it feels like a cartoon or a comic book or something like that when mm -hmm. you see them all together. It's like when you see the Umbrella Academy in the comics and exactly. you're like, oh, I can pick out exactly who it should be. Great silhouettes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we kick off our adventure with some actual live footage of real shuttles launching, which is pretty cool. Uh, and off we go into space. Uh, the two we have the uh the independence and freedom god i'm just in case you didn't fucking know <laughs> okay what goddamn country you're in america this is a fucking america, fucking america. Okay, it's shocking there's not more like freedom. eagle screeching happening. Uh, <laughs> we do get the tiger growl from the asteroid in a little That's bit true. get there but before they can get out to that of course they have to refuel up at the russian space station which, which by the way you is not a thing a but Russian you don't space do station? that. No, you don't yeah. refuel at the like that was in the commentary. Like that's not an actual thing that happens. That just blew my mind. I thought that's what those space stations well, were for. Also, they're like whipping around because they were refueling so that way they could execute the moon whip or right. whatever, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't think that's slingshot. how the sli yeah the slingshot. I don't think that's how slingshots work. <laughs> they just hit the gas to like shoot yourself out. Just, yeah. it's well, they, so they mentioned that it's going to be a gravitational slingshot, which we all know is possible from Star Trek oh, for oh, right. the voyage home. Right? Okay, right. Oh, sure. Not the wrath of the sun. When they go uh, back into the past to find whales by slingshotting around the gravity of the sun. Whales, like the animal? Also. Yeah, correct. Blue whales, yes. Oh, okay. And they bring one back. Two back. Uh, one's name is Gracie, which is crazy. On a ship? On a Klingon uh, bird of prey, which they have to go and find. Uh, they have to actually give the engineering schematics for uh i think it's called translucent aluminum to an engineer mm. and then uh mccoy says hey isn't that gonna fuck up everything in time and scotty goes how do we know we didn't invent it in the first place and that's how they explain away the butterfly effect that's awesome. in star trek for the voyage home Good movie. You joey, said a lot of things. joey joey in the future anytime anyone ever brings up the star trek movies uh-huh uh especially the original series star trek movies it's the easiest thing is to go oh like never ask a follow up because yeah, they'll have an answer that you don't want to hear. Because you you almost got the plot from oh. starting from the beginning of Star Trek for the Voyage. Of course, Joey, you know why they're in a bird of prey? Because in Star Trek Three, the search for Spock, they blew up the Enterprise and they had to steal the bird of prey to get home. Got it. Which is wild to me because I'm like, wait, are you going to tell me that there's a Star Trek movie, an entire movie where we don't even see the Star Trek Enterprise, the Starship Enterprise one time? 
They had balls wow. back then, Joey. Wow. Yeah. That was yeah. the 80s where men could be men. <laughs> <laughs> and where America was America. Yeah. Anyway, back to Does this America movie. Exist in that universe? <laughs> <laughs> back to this movie. Sorry, Tim. Please delete that part. Um, let's so, see. We so we're on the space station. Yeah. The, the Russian acting, awful. Awful, awful Russian, Russian well, acting. Excuse me, Peter Stormare. Is he National actually Russian? Treasure? <laughs> no. National yeah, clearly. No, he's not no, he's <laughs> but National the, Treasure, Peter Stormare. The narrator Stormare. from the Dark Pictures Until Dawn. Oh, yeah. or, oh uh, really? Mm-hmm. Just Until Dawn, Yeah, right? that's him. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a good piece. So let me get this straight real quick. So they were trying to refuel on this space station, right? It doesn't work because it's leaking clearly. No, everywhere. it works. They they get ninety five percent of the fuel in. They have a oh. they say we've we've fueled ninety five percent, we're good. Okay. But they end up blowing up a multi trillion. It just looked like a lot was like coming out. So I just well, kind of assumed that they didn't get any. <laughs> well, here, here's the deal. I mean, the low key commentary on this, of course, is Russia's a shithole. Yeah. And America is great. Yeah. Russia has every nothing works in Russia. Works. If you notice, there's no other space, there's no other cosmonauts on this Russian space. <laughs> it's just the bad guy from Bad Boys Two. That's it. Oh, okay. That's and so the commentary is America's great once again. But they managed to. Uh, we have to. Uh, also, it serves as our second action sequences because it's been approximately five seconds yeah. since we saw someone something explode, and Michael Bay is mm-hmm. getting a little antsy. <laughs> <laughs> so they explode the space station. This sequence I think is fun and phenomenal mm-hmm. and crazy. They got to climb through the ice, all that jazz. They both get in their own. Um, we also see how much my, uh, Bruce Willis is willing to sacrifice for AJ, where he, he has to be pulled back to go and he's willing to sacrifice the entire crew for AJ, who we now know he thinks of kind of as his own as his own uh, child son, uh, as my, son. son. my son. Uh, <laughs> so everyone makes it back to their respective boats, plus one cosmonaut, which is important, and off we go around the moon, and we get our first shot of Dottie. And I like I love the shot here of like of like you see the Earth and then the asteroid, the asteroid kind of comes in. It's, it it just looks like this menacing claw of fucking Sauron. Yeah. Right? It is just like this chaotic mess of jumbled rock and 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 and, and, and hatred. And they come at it, of course, they have to they have to land on this damn thing and uh, it goes very very bad for uh Freedom, the crew, uh, I think I believe it's the crew of Freedom. Uh they take a rock to the uh to one of the wings <sighs> and they go down. Yeah, and the two fucking pilots out the window immediately. <laughs> just fucking boom. Weirdly enough so. Um, when you rewatch those sequences, they feel violent. Yeah, there's no blood. Oh, because is this a PG-13 movie? It's a PG-13 yeah. movie. Yeah. So sense. I think if this had been R, you would have seen this a lot more. But they, he purposely was like, honestly, there's no, we, no one gets shot in this. There's no, there's no reason to have this. There blood is a weird gun, but the, no one gets shot. There is no. a weird gun, and we'll talk about that a bit later. But this sequence, I think, is uh, I, I like one of the shots in this where you're seeing it from the perspective of the people in the Independence, and it kind of barrel rolls over them as it goes off into the distance and everyone's screaming because they're like their friends are about to die uh and they crash land uh of course independence manages to land on the rock but unfortunately they've landed like 200 miles away from where they were supposed to land where they're supposed to land was supposed to be like soft rock and now they have some sort of iron core that is like impossible to drill through yeah um one thing i just wanted to say too is that like the whole russian explosion is like does feel like Michael Bay getting antsy, but it still feeds into the rest of it because the urgency with which Ben Affleck and Lev get on to freedom or independence or freedom, whichever one, yeah. right? Whichever th- leads to oh, him. So I'm sorry, independence not... is the one that's damaged. Oh, freedom crew yeah. is right, the one yeah. that's Sorry. So it leads to Ben Affleck's character not having his proper gear set up so that way when he unplugs when they're going he's chasing his helmet 
right? Yeah. Like, do you remember that? Like, he's yeah. like, it ends up resulting in him like not having his thing or whatever because there's like an urgency. So he's like, ends up chasing his helmet down into the cargo hold as all the shit goes bad, which is essentially how he survives the thing. It's just these like little things. Like, it isn't just, it isn't just for the sake of it. Like, there's a piece of it that then pushes over the next domino into the next absurd action sequence, into the next one, into the next one. Like, that's what I really appreciate about it as opposed to just like, here's this sequence for whatever's sake now. It's like, this leads to this, which also then sets us up for what happens if we need a second drill. You know, like, it's just, it's very smart. Like, it's choreographed, which is something that I truly appreciate. Absolutely. Uh, Of course, the the first hurdle we're going to hit here is they start drilling and they blow uh, the transmission and like, dang, this ain't working. Uh, Will Fitchner goes, hey, how I need to know what our progress report is. And he's like, it'll be a lot better if you just help us give this transmission up. He goes, what is our drill depth? We're supposed to be at 200 feet now. Where are we at? And he's like, we're at 57 feet. And this this kicks it off. They're like, damn it, we got to get out of here. We got to just blow the nuke where it's at. And I this whole sequence is completely ridiculous. Uh, it goes back down to Earth, and Billy Bob Thornton's like, we got to f- figure something out. So they, like, sandbag it a little bit. Uh, the gun comes out. Pardon me, I'm about to sneeze. Joey, take over. Nick's about to sneeze. <coughs> Bless you. Sing the song, Joey. Sing the song. <laughs> Sing the song. <laughs> Joey, um, so the Michael Bay and the thing says that they put the gun in because this they were trying to sell toys for this movie because it was BB-13. So they were, still like, they were still catering to, like, a kid audience. Uh, but the At gun was the thing that would sell it to the kids? Because... Uh, ships on? and like toys with guns. Sell so you're talking about the then like the you're talking about the Gatling gun on the armadillos. Oh, that was what yeah. he was referencing. Oh, so there's well, a I moment. There's I know. Moment I was this. like no. the weird weird pistol that he pulls out is the one that he's selling it. There was some sinking issues. I had to watch this, or I had to like play it off of YouTube and then play the movie. Oh Yo, yeah, so you gotta think a little bit. So that the, makes way more. Sense. Yeah. So there's a moment where Steve Buscemi picks up like an, uh, a mechanized controlled, uh, you know, or a remote control for the Gatling oh, gun. Yeah. Uh, Bizarre. Oh, yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. Single person in the theater, myself included, was like, "Why in God's name would this? Why would they yeah. waste the weight and the armadillo but, having a Gatling gun on it?" But then, when Ben Affleck has to leave with their, when they're trapped in the wreckage of theirs, they end up. The only way they can get out is by blowing a hole using the Gatling oh, yeah. gun. They pull so a like, 1989 it even Batman. Happened, it like <laughs> makes sense in some sort of stupid way. Like it's, you would need a gun in space. It's so <laughs> completely ridiculous. And, but and I the love stuff. It. The stuff with, like, the, when they go back to Earth and then they're like, oh, we should just blow the bomb. There's all this tension. Something that I don't even think we talked about was that the movie early on establishes the zero barrier. Yes. Yeah. Which is a visual representation of time, which is so, like they already have the <laughs> clock, yeah. but it's a visual representation of time. If it crosses, if it blows up before this, then the two parts will split and then sail around the planet Earth. Correct. Anything later one or two of them will not be able to explode at the angle required to pass the Earth's surface. And so it's like you keep cutting back and forth to this little thing heading towards a line. It just it's 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 so thrilling. Like it just is such good filmmaking. Um, uh, we do have a sequence here, of course, where the, the independence crew wakes up. Uh, all, the only people that are left are Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, Owen Wilson, unfortunately, has passed away. R.I.P. Taken before his time. Uh, ben Affleck, uh, Owen Wilson, and the Cosmonaut are the only. Or, I'm sorry, Ben Affleck, Michael Clark Duncan, and the Cosmonaut are the only ones left. They have to slingshot themselves over uh, uh, asteroid Dottie's Grand Canyon. This sequence is completely 
completely ridiculous. And at one point he goes, we're a mile off the, I'm like, you're dead. This, you're not coming back from this. Right. Uh, but they get, they managed to get back down uh, and they arrived just in the nick of time with a final, uh, because Max at this point has been blown up because he hit a pocket and wasn't paying attention of methane and it blows yeah. him right off the asteroid. So he's dead. RIP Max. Uh, they've stopped the nuclear bomb at this point as well. Yeah. We get that sequence where uh, the pilot and the munitions officer have to disarm a nuclear bomb. And for whatever reason, the munitions officer is taking cues from the pilot as to what to cut, even though he is, in fact, mm. the munitions officer. Right. Very weird, right. very strange. Uh, I'd need a lot of confidence in munitions. And I love the it's it's a tr cheap little trick, but it just got me of like, which one do we cut? Red, uh, 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 blue, and it's like ah, <laughs> you got me, you got me. Ah, I'm edge of my seat. This is great. I, I love this sequence for a different reason. I love this sequence because there's a moment uh, where uh, uh, the captain is like, you need you seem to just swear to me, yeah. swear on my family's life, my family's <laughs> life, that you can hit that drill depth. <sighs> And he go and and Bruce Willis goes. I in, in thirty years of doing this, I've never missed a depth, and I don't intend to start right now. And you're just like, it's the dumbest fucking thing these two it, actors just said to each other, but it works. It adds to yeah, it when it when when, when it. Bruce when Bruce Willis is like doesn't hit it, and it's like whoa, this like added to this entire experience. Just that one little line, that one little sequence. It's great. Uh, of course, we get in there, we redo the bomb, uh, we start drilling, and bada bing, bada boom. Wouldn't you know it? AJ's in the seat one more time. We hit ah. another pocket of gas, and the and, and we're we're to the precipice. Mm -hmm. Do we push forward or do we back it off? Bruce Willis finally goes, you know what, AJ? I believe in you. Why? I have no idea. Perhaps because he saved the entire world with his armadillo stunt. Or perhaps mm -hmm. just because maybe he knows he sees a little bit of himself in AJ. But he says, you know what? Do what you think you need to do, son. And AJ goes, we're going right through it. Kicks it into high gear. Bada bing, bada boom. 185, 190, 195, 200. 200. I think it's 800, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. You guys get where we're at. We bust through. <laughs> Everything is great. But man, this asteroid sure. Uh, by this point, Steve Buscemi's already gone space. Yeah, dimension. he had space dimension, oh, yeah. as they said. Which so oh, can, yeah. we, can we talk about this really quick? Like, did he actually go crazy? Yeah. Okay, and it's because of being in space. Yeah, he went. He just went. It just was the, the stress of it was, it was too, too much. much. He got he yeah. got space like space crazy. It happens. Like, is this, if, oh, is this a real thing? Well, yeah, you can get like if you're. It happens a lot to deep sea divers. Okay. Oh, the bends. Where you get it's the bends, but also just the 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 sheer volume of. Like the stress Pressure. of the situation that you're in. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like Fucks the gravity of what's ha what's yeah. happening to you. It breaks like, your sinks psyche. In. He's yeah. also yeah. like looking at Earth. Yeah. And, like I think yeah. realizing like it's like we always talk about how you know when the astronauts come back to Earth, it's like the same thing as when the hobbits go back to the Shire. You can't go back. Can't go back. Like <laughs> there's that one hobbit with the big pumpkin, and they're just, yeah, <laughs> so big pumpkin, big you deal. Know? That big pumpkin. At least can I? Can I apologize to you about something? Oh, what? And this is you uh, love Lord of the Rings now. This is something that I had to apologize to Andy to the last couple of days. Um, the other day I was watching a DC uh, animated movie on on the Max, and uh, it referred me to the animated Hobbit film uh, from 1977. And I was like, I haven't oh, seen that Foxy. since I was a kid. I'll watch five minutes of it, thinking that ah, this surely will not keep my 43 year old attention. Watched the entire thing, riveted by it. It's beautiful. And then it pops up, gonna... would you like to watch The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey? And I said, you know what? I would like to go on An Unexpected Journey, HBO Max. Thank you yeah. for that very much. I am three quarters of the way through The Desolation of Smog. 
I cannot believe how much I am enjoying these <laughs> Hobbit movies. Am I into Lord of the Rings now? But Are you going to watch the Lord of the Rings again after it? I might watch the Lord of the Rings again after this because I'm kind of in. I'm like, I, I think I'm finally soaking in the lore and I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. The, the beautiful irony here of you not liking Lord of the Rings, but loving the loving Hobbit, the Hobbit <laughs> trilogy is just like palpable. I'm in, man. These dwarves, I didn't know their names the first two times I watched these. And now I'm like, oh, man. There's Julio and, and Bart. Dude, oh. Nick, wait <laughs> till you rewatch Two Towers. You watch that Helm's Deep again. Oh, my, oh my I think, God. I'm no, in. I think you're finding he's probably going to hate it more. If his if his Hobbit. barometer is set towards Hobbit, <laughs> my bro, it, it's just that I think if I'm being honest, part of it is just that the the short guys get to be the hero for once. Wow, and that's pretty important. Oh, there it is. Uh, but we're gonna get back to that later, ladies and gentlemen, because we're getting back to the plot right now. Uh, we we've got it, guys. We hit the drill depth. We got to get down there. We got to put the bomb in there. Oh no! One final problem. Of course, the remote detonator has been damaged because we did that little surgery and it screwed everything up. We have to now. Keep a man behind. We have to draw straws for this. And I love this. They had the straws so oh, fucking fast. Oh, they, where wires. did he? Did oh. you think, they're wires. Okay. They're I thought they were really colorful, cool straws that they had in space. Uh, yeah, I got well, excited. No, but he space still like <laughs> pulled them out immediately. Like, well, I'm immediately. ready to draw they, these straws. That, that was from the remote detonator. I feel like the only thing that could have made that better would have been if we had seen them all in the oil rig in the preview in, in you know past times and we saw them draw straws for something yeah, yeah. so it was like a call back to something that we yeah. knew that they did would have been a cool but, storytelling moment i i completely agree but the great thing that they did do was they established that all of those people were willing to stay yeah yeah right yeah. like for their own different reasons and they also do a really good job of establishing why bruce willis can't just volunteer yes right mm. he tries to he, yeah. he tries to volunteer, but then Chick or whatever was like, I won't let you, because they're old friends. He's like, I won't let you do that. And so you have like these two guys who feel like they don't have any, they don't need to go back necessarily like mm -hmm. willing to do it. And it like makes sense why the next moment happens yeah. and how it happens the way it does. Like, of course, it's, it's great. It's per it's perfectly choreographed. Yeah, <laughs> AJ draws the straw and he says, well, I guess I get to die saving the earth. Uh, and Which, Bruce Willis goes, I'll take him down. And you know what this Yeah, point, exactly. You're like, I'll take him down. Oh, okay. Here we but go. But then even for AJ's arc, right? Like his whole thing is he's a natural driller. Maybe better than maybe better than Harry. Like mm -hmm. he's oh. he is the evolution of Harry. He's learned everything and maybe even exceeded him in many ways. But the problem is he doesn't have that compassion for those around him. He doesn't he's so focused on his skill set mm -hmm. that he doesn't care about what who that skill set affects. And so he did get his moment where he was right. He had an intuition about something and he, Bruce Willis trusted him and he was right. And now this is revealing that, but his character has also changed such that he, it isn't about him anymore. Mm, yeah. He understands that and he's willing to make that sacrifice. It's great. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. And of course, as he's going down, Bruce Willis pulls his oxygen, shoves him back in the little cool glass elevator that I'd like to believe all starships have. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Rips the patch off of his own arm and says, give this to Truman so he can finally get uh, a mission patch, which is really, really cool. Oh, okay. That's yeah. the reason why he Truman has, yeah, he had uh, something wrong with his legs so he could never be an astronaut. He had to mm -hmm. be an engineer. He gotcha. establishes that. Uh, that was actually per Billy Bob Thornton's request. Yeah. Because he likes playing characters that have a, uh, a physical issue. Okay. And it gives him an added dimension or something to, to hold on to. So he was like, I think my, Truman would be better set if he was like, a, wanted to be an astronaut, but could never physically do that. So he had to be an engineer instead, or had to be the, mm. the leader instead, like which is cool uh we get a great sequence here where i mean to ben affleck's to oh, ben yeah. affleck's credit acting his ass off this incredible. could have been a stoic moment 
Yeah. And even Ben Affleck himself has talked about it where he was yeah. like, you know what? He's like, I'm not the hero in this. Bruce Willis is. No. Yeah. I can be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And he breaks down. Scared. And, yeah. and Bruce Willis has a great line where he's like, I've always thought of you as a son. It's time. It's, it's your turn now. Take care of Grace. Like, take care of my daughter. I love you. Yeah. And yeah. he goes, and he's, I don't like tearing up right now. He goes, I, I love it. you, Harry. I love you. And it's so good. It's yeah, and then Bruce Willis, my son, my son, my son. <laughs> yeah, my son. Uh, of the next time, not... well, you know, when Andy comes back, Nick, I want you to look at it. My son, my son, my son. <laughs> I've tried to adopt Andy on a number of occasions. Legally. Um, yeah, it turns <laughs> yeah. out it's illegal to adopt a 32-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't let you do it. But I'd love to claim his ass on my taxes. Uh, <laughs> uh, of course, we're not done jerking the tears out of old Nick Scarpino's face yet. <laughs> We have to go no. over to the armadillo where he says, could I have a line to my daughter? Oh. Like mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I'm going to try to get through this without tearing up, Joey, because it's the saddest line it's the whole too thing. Late. She doesn't know. He says, she you doesn't know, know either. That's the thing. She doesn't know. Because you see, she's like, she's like, what, what's going what? on? Yeah. And to sit her down in front of the web of screens. Just first off, I want to I want to back up before we get into this, because I want, I want to give Joey a little time to, to dry her eyes. The uh, cry every time. The production design behind the NASA headquarters, because we see the original, like we actually see a mission control from NASA in this, and it's very boring. It's that tiered yeah. sort of taupe looking thing. Mike very... said he wanted to sexy up NASA, and mother effer he did. This is the sexiest NASA you've ever seen. But more importantly, it's all practical. These are four three monitors that they mounted in a grid like array, like you'd see in Batman or anything. Like you know, it's not. If they did it now, of course, it'd be holograms and shit. Like, let's talk about Fast 10, where they're just standing in a green room and they put all the freaking Geico yeah. commercial holograms <laughs> all around them. That's what it could have been. But a no, in this, he was like, I know what's going to be a good shot. And this whole sequence is building up to that wonderful shot where he says, Gracie, I know I promised I was going to make it back, but I have to break that promise. Yeah. I got to stay. And she says, Daddy, no. And he goes, I love you. She goes, I love you too. And they lose the signal and she just puts her hand up on the monitor oh my God. as the it's camera so dollies backward. It's, it's so, so good. Good. Yeah. It's a perfect, perfect shot. Um, part of me, part of me wonders that that piece of trivia about him going to see uh uh Deep Impact. They they mm-hmm. do this whole same sequence in Deep Impact where one at a time they like have a radio call so people can like say goodbye to their family and yeah. stuff like that. But it's pretty boring yeah (laughs) it's like it's like weird because we're comparing these two and it's pretty boring and pretty cheesy and it feels like he may have seen that and he's like i want i want that goodbye moment because there's a world where bruce willis just goes all right i'm gonna go do the thing and do the job it is kind of weird how he's like oh yeah i got 15 minutes all right well i'm gonna go sit in the armadillo for a little bit like it does feel like this could have been a a different edition or something but it's so that that pullback oh Oh, it's so, so good. good. It's perfect. Uh, but, of course, we're not done yet. Bruce Willis gets blown into the hole, has mm-hmm. to come out, and at the very, very last minute, and NASA's like, what do we do? Yada, yada, yada. Uh, Fitzner's like, do we t- turn back? And AJ goes, no, I know Harry. He'll he'll do it. Yeah. Just that added level of tension. He's like, but it's yeah. not even like a like a rushed thing because he's so yeah. shocked that his, that his dad's going to die, basically. But he's like, I know Harry. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's going to do it. And he, at the very last second, two seconds left before we break that barrier. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis grabs the controller, clicks up the thing, pulls the trigger, and goes, we win, Grace. Boom. Asteroid falls into two pieces, clears the Earth by 400 miles. Wow. Over and, and you, well, you were talking about how the asteroid is like a creature, like a living thing. Like, when 
when they drill it and they place the bomb and they're taking off, it starts to fight back. Yeah. Like, for no reason, it just starts oh. erupting and, and you like, like, land on it and there's like... Oh, yeah. Oh, like, it, it roars when they open. But, like, it feel, it's so... It feels so alive. Like, it's yeah. not just a floating object in the sky. Like, it's like... It knows that it's vulnerable and it's, like, trying to shake him off. It's so good. Yeah. There was a lot of real moments where I was like, is this going to become like an alien movie? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was debating it with Leanza today. I was like, I, I thought this was going to be a, a Wait, alien watch movie. Fall with us. Oh, That'd excited. be fun. I'm excited. Uh, we're not quite done yet, of course. Uh, to, to Michael Bay's uh, credit, he did have a little restraint here. Instead of having a crazy sequence like like uh, where they have to re-enter space, oh, yeah. they just land, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But uh, on a tarmac, is that normal? Don't yeah. they usually land on like the in the water? Not in the space. Not the space shuttles. Yeah, space shuttles. Oh, with the actual land. space shuttles. Yeah, gotcha. if it's okay. a pod, back in the day it used to be a pod. Yeah, yeah. Would come down, it would land, and okay. you'd have to get it out of the water. But no, now space shuttles, they can't be landing that shit in the water. That's that makes it sense. Sink very quickly. That makes sense. Uh, we get a line here that is dumb, but man, I'm a sucker for it. Where AJ and 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 Grace see each other for the first time and they kiss, and then uh, the pilot from the other ship comes over awkwardly and stands between him, and he goes, "Permission yeah. to shake the hand of the daughter yeah. of the yeah. bravest man I've ever met." Uh, yeah. yeah. I love it. And then, time. and then there's that sailman. That's not a salesman. That's your dad. That's your dad. <laughs> that, that was when they're going up. That's the yeah, best thing is because oh, that's yeah, when they're yeah. going up. Because he's like, he's like, I'm going to go away for a while. And I just yeah. want to apologize. I'm trying to do something good with my life. And then she's like, oh, too bad. It's a salesman. But then when she sees him getting on the ship. Yeah. Dad, yeah. there's mommy. There's this, yeah. that salesman's on TV. That's not salesman. <laughs> that's your dad. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, daddy. And then uh, we're done. We've saved the earth. Truman thanks them. We cut to the credits. We play uh, the, the the Aerosmith song one more time while we show. Not enough. Uh, well, Nick, yeah. I want. Oh, sorry. I, just want, I want my photo of me deceased at your wedding. Yeah. That was, that's the, the, but, the, oh my gosh! It shows their roughneck wedding, and then it has the camera goes over, and then it shows it shows uh, Harry Oscar. And half of Noonan. Yeah. <laughs> Noonan just getting the shaft again. Oh so good. God. What I love, you know, the first time I watched it, I was like, they, why would they have pictures of them as astronauts? But then I realized, oh, no, of course, historically, they probably would. Like, these guys are yeah. going up in space to save the world. Like, mm-hmm. take one headshot of them for the walls of NASA. That kind of makes sense, uh, mm-hmm. which is great. What doesn't make sense is why the entire wedding reception is right outside the church. Yeah, why not? Save a little money. Uh, save money time. from a production standpoint because they added the sequence in later. They shot it yeah. on 60 millimeter. They're like, we should probably see that the like, Yeah, like Ben that. shot it on like his own cameras yeah. to give it like a home movie feel. But, and it definitely has that because you're like, oh, he's feeding our cake outside of the church. That's really weird. <laughs> the first dance is outside of the church. Oh, we only had money for it. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is Armageddon wow. 1998 wow. classic. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we will eventually probably rank these movies in order of biggest to, to worst disaster, mm. uh, but this is number one, so that's great. Yeah. Before we go, I do want to introduce one segment oh. called Bad Boys, Bad Boys, What You Gonna Do? Oh. What You Gonna oh. Do When the Asteroid Is Coming For You? Wow. Roger, okay. you have wow. 18 days left on this Earth. Oh. Your, 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 your livelihood depends on a bunch of deep sea oil trillers. What you gonna do? What you gonna do with my what you last do with your days life, on last Earth? Days on Earth. This is a heavy topic to bring up <laughs> the disaster cast. Yeah, I'm thinking one thing. I'm watching bro, Deep Inca- Impact. That's what I'm doing. You're watching Deep Impact. Yeah, I love that. What Joey, doing. what you gonna do? Oh, I'm rescuing. I'm breaking all of the dogs out of the local dog shelters, and I'm just living my life covered oh, in dogs. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I love that. James and Elise, what you gonna do? 
I'm going with Joey to the shelter. She's, she's gone with jo uh, Joey, so I'm I'm on my own. I'm probably taking a hundred thousand dollar loan from a loan shark, um, and then I'm heading to that cathedral strip club. <laughs> I love all of these ideas. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, I would just go straight to Taco Bell. That has been the first episode of the Disaster Cast. Thank you all so much for joining us. We will be back with the Kind of Funny Podcast next week. Uh, if you liked this and you want to see more of these, please leave a comment in the comments below uh, with movies that you'd like us to watch and talk about. And we'll get around to them as soon as we get, as soon as Tim takes another vacation. Tell Tim, you know, tell Tim to take vacation. Tell Shout out to Producer X. I think is still maybe potentially in the room. Thank you so much for your help with this. Big Tim, everyone round of applause for Tim. Thank you for letting us do this. Uh, James and Elise, what's going on with you? Where can we find you? What what new projects would you like to talk about a little bit before we go? Thank you so much for having us on the Disaster Cast inaugural episode. We can't wait to be back for more. We are at Funhouse every day. We stream Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 to 5 on YouTube.com slash Funhouse. We have an upcoming TTRPG Ooh. parody series coming out. It's True Crime meets Barbie. Oh, um, I'm so excited. That incredible. Uh, I'm GMing it, and then Charlotte and Lindsay are the main cast, and then we have a cast of characters who are joining in. What Heck else, yeah. James? What else? RTA, like... we got RTX oh, coming RTX up. Coming oh, RTX. If you're already planning on going to RTX, uh, make sure to come come by, say hi. If you are on the fence, you can get your tickets now, mm -hmm. and then come by and say hi. Any but... videos of late that you're like, this is the one? We're in a we're in a funnaissance right now, and Ooh. I know Joe watches some Funhouse videos, and will like comment and. <laughs> Um, I think it was from two weeks ago, but it was uh, we played Lifeline, which is a PlayStation 2 game that you can only can. It's like Resident Evil, but you can only control okay. it by speaking into a microphone. <laughs> so like, Open the door and you do that. And, and it, it nearly broke me. It nearly <laughs> broke me, but it made for excellent content. That sounds fantastic, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, if you guys are watching this either today or the day after we recorded it, uh, James and Elise and I and Mike, so Mike, Mike, we're watching Total Recall at 7.30 p.m. Uh, PT on twitch.tv slash games. If you're watching this any other time other than that, uh, you missed out. I apologize. I've been Nick Scarpino. You guys have been great. Stay safe out there. Goodbye. <laughs>